something is wrong, and it's time to stand up. You are listening to The John Age Show. Trust no one. Trust no one. Trust no one. You found it. You're here. You're headlong down the runaway train that is the Anomic Age, and I am your host. John Age, thanks for being with us today in the not-so-wee hours of the PM with another stellar episode of the program. It's so nice to be with you today. Really, really it is. I swear, folks, the technical difficulties sometimes just make the show completely worthless. At least as far as what I'm trying to do. Luckily, you probably missed all those good difficulties, so uh, here I am, and there you are. Check out anomicage.com. Share those links, friends, family, loved ones, and enemies. Like all the likes, subscribe to all the subscriptions. If you really want to help me out, if you'd like to help me move beyond what I seem to be dealing with is uh, on par with the Commodore 64, paypal.me forward slash anomicage, patreon.com forward slash anomic age as well i won't belabor the points and get into the mishaps and irritants that have uh, culminated in where we are right now but i'll just say it's been a bear okay if you missed today's show earlier i spoke with none other than meh badass uncle sam the lovely man from louisiana on the streets almost every day So check out that show and so many more at anomicage.com. If you want to help me out and if you can't do any kind of funding, if you can't even afford to give me two cents a day, then you can uh, assuredly like the app. It's on the iTunes platform. We got the iPhone app and the Android app. You can sign up for the free newsletter too. I'm on YouTube. Brighteon, BitChute, Rumble, Odyssey, Telegram, it's all I can think of right now. Most of those are going to be linked in at the top of the page, anomicage.com. So whatever you happen to be listening to and or watching this on, you can donate, you can subscribe, you can like it. All right, folks. The title of this episode today is quite aptly Culture Creation because that's exactly what... We're dealing with. When I was speaking to Sam earlier today, I was discussing this aspect that people are really missing the forest for the trees. They're 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 in the matrix, but they're not aware that the matrix is them. Like the, the matrix has infiltrated all that you are, all that you love, hold dear, hope to be, and everything else. That has infiltrated you. So you cannot pick up the turd by the clean end. You can't be in this world and not have a little bit of that world rub off on you. And people are quite quick to miss this point, the psychological ramifications that the world rubs off on you. These subtle nuances and innuendos that you take for granted as just the culture. So the culture is... It's a very nebulous term that's quite often missed. 
Let me grab this old textbook. Well, I don't know if it's a textbook, but it's an old book, and I love old books. Here it is, folks. The Encyclopedia of Sociology goes back to the 70s, which isn't that old, <clears throat> because I go back to the 70s. Let me see what the copyright is. 1974. A little bit before my time. <laughs> I'll read you their definition of culture. I'll give you mine, and then we'll dance with this little ditty a bit, all right? So what are we talking about? We're talking about culture. According to them, the idea of culture is anthropology's most important conceptual contribution to the social sciences. Oh, you mean anthropology is doing something right? Man, that's scary. Let me see here. Uh, let me give you something, something you can, you can chew on. The first, which appeared during the Renaissance, recognized that the customs, beliefs, social forms, and languages are the aspects that contribute to culture. So, I won't belabor you with all that. I'll give you my two cents on it. I think culture <clears throat> is all that. But I always humbly and concisely articulate it as it's just what we do around here. It's the way things are. It's everything. Culture is everything, people. Culture seeps into every single aspect of your life, whether you know it or not, whether you accept it or not, whether you reject it or not. The cultural thread, that commonality, runs and transcends through everything. So it's everything from what you put on in the morning to what you uh, eat, where you worship, and so much more. That's all the culture, people. It's all your culture. So when I'm talking about cultural creation, I would hypothesize that most of our culture now is, in fact, culture creation. It doesn't spring about organically. So what I'm talking about by an organic culture or an organic cultural creation, I think we would have to go way back beyond media. I'm not talking social media. I'm talking about media in general. Because if you look into Edward Bernays's book, Propaganda, it'll get into how the culture has been manipulated from that uh, very rudimentary mindset of a book over 100 years ago. But uh, <clears throat> I'd submit to you that there's so much more than that. Because if you, you look back into history, you want to get Greeks, Romans, Aztecs, Mayans, any Chinese culture of note you want to mention, there was all sorts of very subtle, uh, perhaps for their times, quite basic forms of manipulation, cultural manipulation. But you probably are more fixated on our present reality because that's the one that is most affecting you. So our own cultural reality is what I'll spend some time talking about today. So we'll analyze culture a whole lot. I might break this up into a two or even three-part episode because it's, it's noteworthy on multiple levels that most people just don't digest. So I come back to this term that is often misused or just overlooked as the term. Uh, the term is religiously. The term religiously indeed does have a spiritual connotation, and it is, it is noted with various religious practices throughout the world, whether you want to talk about Christendom, 
Hinduism, Islam, and so forth. That term can be used ubiquitously. Even if you want to go back to the animistic religions, I don't care about that. It just means something that is done with regularity, something that is repeated often. So I think that we can look at that through two different lenses here. We can look at it through the religious context context of religiously. You might religiously take communion. You may religiously pray, religiously read your Bible, religiously do whatever. But what that is doing is it's, it's replicating a culture. It is culture creation. You are creating a culture of Christendom. You are creating a culture of Hinduism, Islam, so forth. You are replicating that culture within these repetitive processes. And by that process, you are replicating that mental phenomenon of the culture and you are replicating the actual tangible, physical, three-dimensional reality of that culture. So you are culture creating. So through that religious context, you can see that the customs, the traditions, the language, everything I talked about before as those just primer aspects of what culture is, you can see how that those are being physically and mentally replicated through doing something religiously with repetition is what I'm talking about here, folks. So you're seeing that through that religious lens, but I think we also have to look at it through the cultural lens that transcends the religious, the cultural lens of our daily lives, our daily reality. So things that you may do religiously, hopefully you brush your teeth religiously, you take a shower religiously, you put on clothing religiously. These are things here in the United States of America that you may do religiously. These are things that transcend the spiritual context. But in doing so, what are you doing? You're replicating the mental phenomena. You're fixating things in your brain that you do with repetition. And also, you are replicating and recreating the physical three-dimensional phenomena that is said culture. I touched on this in the past. Uh, Claude Levi-Strauss, French structuralism. He was talking about how things are conceptually created, replicated, and carried forth through storytelling. He was talking about that same thing. The Raw and the Cooked is the book. I think it's uh, 30 years old or something more than that, I think. But nevertheless, I'm talking about that too. I'm just sort of <clears throat> putting bookends on it and try to more, trying to more concisely put it out there for the average person. Because we all need to figure this out, folks. We can look at the religious context and see it. But then again, when we look at it in the regular old everyday cultural context, we can't see it. So the cultural replication is just what I said. 40 years ago, people dressed with some form of decorum and dignity when they left the house. They went to a doctor's appointment. They dressed up a little bit. I'm not saying they put on their Sunday best, but they dressed in a proper fashion. 
over the years that has been degraded. I would submit to you it's because of the spiritual aspect of degradation within the culture. So fewer and fewer people going to church, more and more people going to the World Council of Churches, which just says, wear what you want, who cares? It's not important. So people have, have worked that into their daily lives as well. Okay, well, I can go to the store wearing curlers and a bathrobe. It's no big deal. I can show up to church with cutoff shorts and a tank top. Who really blipping cares? All these things are the degradation of the culture and moral fabric that has been going on for a long time. You could, you could relate it back to entropy. Everything goes into disorder. Everything goes into chaos. I think that's where we're headed. We're headed into disorder and chaos, a.k.a. the anomic age. The title of this program, it was not by accident. It was not by happenstance. I didn't just come across a weirdo word and want people to learn it. It's where we're going. We're going into an entropic state. We're going into order out of chaos. We're going into the clash of civilizations model. All these things... I would submit to you, are not where we are going. It's where we have been going. So I think people need to see where we have been going and perhaps see what's at the end of the road. The end of the road is Satan. The end of the road is chaos, despotism, communism, which is just a manifestation of the disease. This is what's coming. But the culture creation is just that. So aside from the religious, we have culture created for a long time. We've culture created through the hegemonic culture. That would be the the primary culture. We've culture created through subcultures, microcultures, and countercultures. So all these various groups, I would also submit to you that have vastly been culture created by various entities that are pulling those proverbial strings. You want to get into what's up, the Tavistock Institute, the CIA, and so forth and so on. We've touched on this in past episodes. If you look at the advent of television, even go back further, the advent of radio, where you look at things like H.G. Wells, um, where you look at uh, the War of the Worlds, that radio program, which I would submit would be vastly uh, a very rudimentary looking at today's uh, methods, a very rudimentary method of culture control. That was, in my opinion, and the evidence I believe suggests this also, a rollout or, or a method of control for them seeing what they could get away with, what the people outside of a lab institutional setting, what the people would react to if they if they broadcast this out to the masses. And what happened is people believed it to be fact. They believed that this narrative that was being spun for them over the airwaves was in fact reality. You saw the breakdown, however subtly, of civilization and culture because you saw people begin to take up arms. You saw people begin to say, hey, uh, when are the aliens landing? Uh, Have they landed in our area yet? You saw panic, pandemonium, and chaos on a small scale. But I would submit to you that was a rollout for what we would see in decades to come. If you want to put bookends on that, most notably look at PSYOP 19. So the culture creation is a very real thing. It's not new. It's old. Nothing new under the sun, says Solomon. Nothing new under the sun, says John H. It's not new. Everything that is manifest now is just a incarnation or even you could term it a reincarnation of the same principles, methods, 
and mechanisms of control from days and times gone by. So they've been culture creating for a long time. They've been getting people ready for different stages of cultural manipulation. So you culture create by replication, by things you do religiously. So how have they changed our culture? If you just want to look at, look at it through this uh, very myopic lens of the last three years, the culture has been, in my opinion, irrevocably, irrevocably, irrevocably changed with PSYOP-19. Look at the, uh, the image for today's episode. Stand within this circle. Practice social distancing. So in a very short span of time, through some of those same mechanisms that they used in War of the Worlds almost 100 years ago, they have been very easily able to culture create within our present day society. They have been able to culture create how? Well, they've gotten people to submit, which is what any government wants, which is what any slave master wants. They want submission. If they can get submission voluntarily, all the better. But bottom line, they want submission, folks. So they got people to voluntarily submit. They got people to voluntarily play the hokey pokey when they went to the grocery store. You put your right foot in, you put your right foot out. Oh, I might get sick if I step out the circle over here. But I'm safe because I got this mask on. Yeah. They got people to voluntarily submit, voluntarily take a knee, voluntarily bow down to the totalitarian, satanic, global death cult. Voluntarily. They culture created. They took a, I wouldn't even call it a normal culture or a normal society prior to PSYOP-19, however. If you juxtapose the pre and post PSYOP-19 worlds, we're looking at two totally different realities here, people. Just as people also articulated that under the, the guise of a pre and post 9-11, yeah, that same terminology, that same linguistic Orwellian doublespeak, the weaponization of language, was also used with the pre and post COVID world. Get ready to be scared. Again, mirroring back to War of the Worlds almost 100 years ago. So we saw people playing the hokey pokey. We saw people voluntarily wearing a muzzle. We saw people voluntarily not going to see or visit loved ones. I'm talking mothers and fathers here, folks. I'm talking about grandparents and grandchildren. This is what we're talking about here. This was voluntarily submission. We saw all this. We saw friends and family members turning on each other. Oh, you're not buying PSYOP-19? Well, I can't be friends with you anymore. I'm not going over to your house. In my own personal life, I saw people not come into our house because they were afraid. The Lord says to fear the Lord and nothing else. I guess most Christians missed the memo. Missed the memo that they should fear God and that's it. Jesus did not say fear Pontius Pilate. Moses did not say fear Pharaoh. No. None of this, folks. Remember all the famine, pestilence, and plagues? Were the, were the Israelites afraid of that during those times? No. Because God was rendering those various incarnations 
against the Egyptians. Here we are. Culture creation. We have created a new culture. We have created a neurosis. Because for the true believer, no evidence is necessary. And for the true skeptic, no evidence is enough. So even though it's been well documented, it's come out in mainstream forms six ways from Sunday, those true believers are not willing to accept that they got lied to. They're not willing to accept that PSYOP 19 was a ruse. So you still see people wearing the slave shackle. You still see people clamoring over people coughing and, oh, you're getting tested and sick and, oh, my goodness gracious sakes alive, I better hide under a plastic sheet again. Culture creation, folks. It's nothing more than culture creation. I talked about this on the last episode with the cancer culture. Cancer culture has been in vogue for at least 25 years. And again, let me mute myself here for a moment because this is becoming ridiculous. There we go. So again, the cancer culture. People are not interested in a walk for, a benefit for, or wearing colors or ribbons for the cause. They're only interested in the cure because they have created through the multi-billion dollar industry that is cancer, they have created a cancer culture. Just as the PSYOP 19 created their own incarnation of a culture. Their culture of people that wore the slave shackle. Their culture of people that virtue signaled to other cult members. Their culture of people who took or didn't take the prescribed injection. Del Dr. Fauci, I see. It is culture creation. And you can't spell culture without the word cult. I want people to really take note of what I just said. You cannot spell culture without the word cult. Because in order to be a member of a culture, you have to prescribe to all the cultish rituals, the mentality, and those things you do religiously. Or you will be excommunicated from the cult or culture. You'll become a dissident. You'll be a member of a subculture or counterculture if you choose to resist the culture that is being created, that is being manifested through your religious repetition of the mental and physical phenomena that is the culture. So the cancer culture is just another extension of that. That's been going on for longer than the PSYOP-19 culture. So the cancer culture is, oh, well, I know so-and-so, and I'm related to so-and-so that has X, Y, and Z cancer, so I'm wearing my specific colors like any good gang member or cult member does. 
I'm going to talk the talking points and take the chemo and radiation, and I'm a survivor, and I'm real great. I'm so big. I'm wonderful. I'm not classing these people as stupid. I am not insinuating that any aspersions should be cast upon them. I'm just showing you, holding up the mirror of our society at yet another culture creation that has been manifest through the religious repetition, through the mental and physical manifestations of these realities. So I feel bad for these people. I feel bad for those people, just like the folks that took the injection, just like the folks that believed the lie of 9-11, just like the folks that believed the, the Persian uh, Gulf War, Babies and incubators, just like the people that believed that the Ruby Ridge was justified and Waco was just a indiscretion collateral damage. I feel sorry for all those people. I don't want to see people dead. This is beyond the pale for me. This is sick. So I am saddened. I have empathy and sympathy for people that are stricken with cancer. I am saddened. That our environment, our toxic, global, satanic death cult environment of carcinogens took another victim. Whether it took another victim under, under the guise of someone has been diagnosed with cancer or took another victim as someone that died of the disease. <laughs> because our world, our re reality, all forms, fashions, and factions of our existence are toxic. The music, the television, the radio, the newspaper, the magazines, the food, the water, your mattress, your pillow, it's all toxic scum. We are swimming in, living in, and breathing in a complete cesspool of filth. And that's taking nothing away from Simeon Monkey Virus 40, a.k.a. SV40, that was in the polio vaccine that's still being blipping used today. All the foods, along with just being carcinogenic with red 40, blue 90, or whatever the bleep else is in there. Now we got to worry about bugs in there. The GMO, the genetically modified organisms in there. The Roundup corn in there. All these various toxins in our environment. Toxins that we are filtering our lives through. So it sickens me to the core that we have a cancer culture. A culture that is fixated and predicated not on the cause, but the cure. Not on why did grandma get cancer, but how grandma got cured for cancer. And that in and of itself is just a replication of the cancer culture. It's not fixating on the cause. It's fixating on the cure. The cure because the multi-billion dollar global satanic death cult pharmacia can offer you at least wink wink various forms or factions of a cure as long as you got enough money to pay for it never mind that the cure is also a carcinogen that will give you cancer don't worry about that it's akin from it's akin to people that used to have syphilis before the early 1940s and the advent of antibiotics syphilis was cured with mercury mercury baths Mercury injections. Don't worry about it. It's good for you. And then, of course, the obfuscation of the symptoms. That's why people wore these wigs. That's why you look at all these famous 
figures of the past and they're wearing a wig, a big wig. That term big wig is from people that wore really big wigs. They wore the wigs to cover up, to obfuscate the fact that they had tertiary syphilis. They had microscopic worms eating their brain that was manifesting in their skull. It was manifesting itself and being visible to the general public as open sores and an apple worm-eaten texture to the bones closest to the skin, the tibia, the skull, most notably. That's why you had big wigs, folks. So, again, it's people being fixated on various ways of obfuscating or wink-wink curing rather than how the bleep they got the syphilis in the first place. Or through today's lens, how did they get the cancer? Let's talk about it through something we could digest more aptly. Because we want to look at this and how it has been manifested over time. Because you had SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. Where could that come from, huh? Well, you really saw this explosion in SIDS after we saw the proliferation and explosion of vaccines. But let's not worry about that because that's not that important. I mean, that's that's just factual information. We don't want to know about that. We don't want to talk about that. You could also look at autism. 1966, according to this article from Scientific American, 1966, we had one in 2,500 people with autism. And this article from Scientific American goes on to quote the CDC. I'm reading it for you verbatim. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, estimates that one in 68 children in the U.S. have autism. The prevalence is one in 42 boys and one in 189 girls. These rates yield a gender ratio of about five boys for every girl. This is, again, Scientific American quoting the CDC, and this article has a date of 2017. So I would submit to you that it is far worse now than it even was then. Correlation and causation. It's right there for you, people. 66, we saw one in 2,500. It's increased every year. In 66, we were just seeing the the first rollout of the polio. I mean, the vaccine for polio, which wasn't even a big deal, mind you. This was another culture creation, another scare tactic, another shock and awe. Psychological warfare technique to get people to take a vaccine. That's what was going on. So what do we see now? We see off-the-charts numbers now. The ones I just I just gave you those from the CDC, for heaven's sakes. One in 42 boys, one in 189 girls. This is from 2017 CDC numbers. I don't have anything any more current, but I can assure you it is way worse now. You got CDC whistleblower. This is about 10 years ago now. William Thompson came out. A CDC whistleblower. This is a scientist working on the information. This wasn't a janitor. This wasn't a clerk. This wasn't a glorified secretary. This was a scientist doing the work. Came out and said, yeah, we were destroying evidence that it was definitely increasing the incidence of autism, specifically among black boys. But that's no big deal. No big deal at all, is it? This is culture creation. 
folks. This is the crux of it all. We got a little bit more for you. I want to get into Project Camelot. What are we looking at the game clock here today? 40 minutes. I'm going to give you some more next time because I don't think you can handle it all in one episode. I'm going to give you some more. We're going to have a culture creation take two coming at you hopefully this evening. I'm going to leave this as a pregnant pause, a cliffhanger of sorts. Very Alfred Hitchcock. You can't do everything, but you can do something. Stick around with me, folks. I'm going to come at you sooner than later with a little culture creation, too. We'll get into Project Camelot. We'll get into some current events and how it all sinks in to culture creation. You can't do everything, but you can do something. Get out there and do your part. Be safe, and I'll be seeing you sooner than later in the Anomic Age. Thank you for listening to The Anomic Age, a John Age project. For past shows, further info, and to comment, go to anomicage.com. That's A N O M I C A G E.com. Till next time, thank you for listening to The Anomic Age.